Hello and welcome to another edition of the Capiche Filmcast. Stephen Barry here for another thrilling, tantalising episode of the Bond Daft Project. Ranking Bond continues, specifically the collection of the Bond films. We are still ranking them. We're right in the thick of it now. We're right in the middle. We are going to rank the middle 10 uh, numbers 20 to 11. And here to do that with me, my Bond aficionados, Francis Murphy. Yo, yo, yo. Steve McCall. A very good evening to you all. And Gordon Webster. Good evening, Commander Barry. Oh, yeah, there we go. That's the Commander's back. Yeah, we've got my promotion again. Good stuff. Uh, I'm not going to pull rank on this at all you know, unless I really have to. But uh, yeah, thanks, guys, for joining me for this. After our debate, we got four numbers listed. We have ranked four films, uh, and that was a fair couple of hours there. So let's see how this one goes. Same rules apply. We're just going to have open debate and see what we can get uh, listed. Uh, I'll pull up, actually, the list, and I'll share that with you guys. Okay. Can you see the list? Yep. Yes. Oh, by the way, are we, are we going to take off the ones yeah, we've already done? just about to say. So, boom. Okay. So, I'll quickly read out these, and we will then get to it. So, the list now remains. The films to try and get into the middle ten are potentially Dr. No from Russia with Love, Goldfinger, Thunderball, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, Live and Let Die, The Spy Who Loved Me, Moonraker, For Your Eyes Only, Octopussy, A View to a Kill, The Living Daylights, License to Kill, Goldeneye, Tomorrow Never Dies, The World Is Not Enough, Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, and Spectre. Right. Okay. This is exciting. (laughs) So uh, this is basically all the films that we don't feel are top 10. So that's yeah, that's happen. a good point, Steve. I was going to suggest, is there films that we can lock away that aren't part of this discussion? I, well, would, I, I, yeah. I would say I would say Goldfinger, to, uh, The World Was Not Enough. So I, 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 I agree with you on Goldfinger. However, you did say that you had an issue with Goldfinger in the last one. Are you sure you're okay? Well, I, th- I, well, I think it's definitely not going to be in the top 10. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I 100% know that. And I think the world is not enough we debated anyway, didn't we? Okay. Because we know that might even be like, I mean, we know that's going to be here, so that's two out of the 10. Right. Uh, Gordon and Steve, what's your thoughts on Goldfinger? Do you feel it's a lock-in for a top 10 film? Oh, for, a, for a top 10, yes. I, I have it in my top 10, so I think so. Yep. St- uh, yeah, Gordon. I was going to agree with that, yeah. Hang on, Goldfinger's top, in the top doing the middle 10. 10? No, 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 we are, but what we're doing right now is just getting films that aren't even, like, let's not even look at them, like, because they're, they're lock-ins, so that we know, okay, we've got a, f- I think, realistically, we're only going to get about four films, probably, as that we all agree are top, within the top ten, they could be number ten, doesn't mean to say they're close to the top, but they are not going to be even in the mid-pack, I'm just oh, trying. I would have, I would have had Goldfinger and the World Was Not Enough in the mid-pack, that's what I was saying. Ah, right, okay, well, that means... Goldfinger then does stay in the conversation then if someone at least doesn't want to lock it in. Well, let's go through yeah. the films, right? Doctor No, is, do I feel it's a top 10 film? So Where do, do we I, sit I, with that? Yeah, I would say so. I do agree, Mr. Barry, yes. Fran, do you agree? Yeah, yeah I, I was going to say, why don't you like colour them green so we can distinguish them? Because uh, then they're like saved. Yep. From Russia with Love, I agree is a top 10. Do we all agree? I- I do have it in my top ten, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Fran, what about you? Yep. 
Okay, so far, so good. So Goldfinger is the first sticking point. Fran, you don't feel it's in the top 10 as a lock-in? No. Thunderball, is nope. this a top 10 film? No. Yes, nope. it's not for me. Top 10 at least. So we have three people saying no, so that's unfortunately a sticking point, Gordon. Uh, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, is this a yes. top 10 film? Yes, yes it is. Mm, I'm right. not sure about that, because I've, not, I've done, it, not done an overall ranking. I think it might, though. It hasn't made it for me. Oh, I'm going to have to admit. <laughs> Fair enough. So uh, it's it's fallen short. Live and Let Die, is that a top 10 film? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not for me. <laughs> oh, okay. This is going to be tough. Uh, didn't see that coming. Yeah. Uh, the Spy Who Loved Me, is this a top 10 film? No. Yes, I no. Don't. Uh, it is no. for me. So it's for me, I think. Okay, so two sticking points. It's not making it. Moonraker, is this a top 10 film? No, I don't think. Not for me. I've not got no. them a top 10. No. For your eyes only, top 10 film? No. No. Not no. for me. No. Octopussy, top 10 film? Yes, I think. I think so too. I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the I'm going to admit the Moori are really suffering. It's really not a lot I've got into my top 10 for the Moori. Have you to kill? Is no. this a top 10 film? No. Uh, no. It's fallen, no. fallen short for me as well. Uh, the Living Daylights, top 10 film? Y yes. Did yeah. You? Yep. It's in mine. Gordon? Oh. No? Oh, God. This is this is going to be fucking... <laughs> it's only two films, the first two. This is insane. Fran, did you say yes to The Living Daylights? Just out of curiosity. Yes. Right, okay. License to Kill? Yes. Yes. I think so. Yes. Right, I agree. So we've got one Phew. of Dalton's in there. Golden Eye? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what was that, Steve? <laughs> so have I been disconnected? Hello? Hello? <laughs> Uh, That's a no, yes. You're of course welcome to. He's your... just going to put you in hold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Four films, as as I predicted so far. Let's see. Tomorrow never dies. Is this a top ten film? No. no. It made it for oh. me, Gordon. No. Did you say yeah for yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow never dies? dies. I mean, All right. I... I mean, very low. Uh, number ten. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, well, no, I didn't mean that. I mean that. It's still, I know. <laughs> No, it's uh, it's it just made it. But to be honest, every every time I've looked at my list, it's changed a bit, and that's one of the ones that keeps changing. Like it's like it it's there just now, but it's very it's very tight. The world is not enough. I suspect is not a top ten film, <laughs> despite Doctor Kaufman being so good. That's Tomorrow Never Dies. No, Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Tomorrow Never Dies is not top ten, despite Kaufman being one of my favourite characters in the whole thing. Uh, More is not enough. No, right. Casino Royale. Yes. Yes. Gordon. Yeah. So you're you're quite you're really quiet. God. It, yeah. Right. Okay. You're better. Uh, is it, it wasn't doing this the first time. I could have the microphone anywhere, and it's worked fine. Um. I don't know if it, just it's definitely. Uh, Fran, do you think it's definitely the volume, and it's not actually just cutting out sometimes? I think it's. I think it's cutting out a wee bit sometimes. I think that's what's causing it. Uh, maybe it sounded like he was talking there, and then you cut yeah, out. I mean, I'll move the router by the way because I can move it closer. Hold on. It just doesn't. I mean, normally you would need to have disconnected and then reconnected for that to kind of take effect, wouldn't it? It wouldn't just work I get better with it. I'm not actually sure how the router would affect it, but, you know. Um, okay, you'll so, say for you is Quantum of Solace? No. No, although, I mean, it could be number 10, it could be number... Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's yeah. one of those ones that could hover around. Skyfall? 
we all know Gordon's known for that as well anyway, but what's Skyfall? Skyfall's a no for me. I'm swithering on Skyfall. It made a low, it was in the top 10 for me, but it was quite low down, but it did make it, so it was a well, yes for me. We've agreed five out of the ten. <laughs> yeah, so. Inspector, I think, is going to be a no as well, I take it. Mm, yeah. Definitely a no for me. Yeah. Right, so we've, we've got five, <clears throat> and they are more or less the five. I, I did think Goldfinger would make it, and I'm surprised at that one. Um, So that's actually about the five I would have predicted. I would have thought Loving Daylights as well. I'm surprised at that one. But hey, uh, you know, that's the way it goes. There's definitely some discussion to be had. Right, uh, we have five films uh, marked as locked out of this debate. So a fair few to try and number and obviously cut, I suppose, from the middle ten. Let's start by talking about the lower half of this. Let's try and get the ones that are dead certs, as in they are really, there's not much to argue for them being in the top ten. I'm going to pitch to you guys my lowest one in this for your eyes only I know that Gordon you, I got a look of surprise there so I know that you're probably against that there um, just generally feeling feel the room on this film what what's your thoughts where does for your eyes only fit for me personally um, I think it's definitely in the bottom 10 but it's not it's not a lower ranked one there's a degree of realism and uh, there's a, a serious performance by Roger Moore which I think is underrated and I think there's some there's some great supporting characters again in that film. Okay. That's, well, that's the thing that stand out most for me. Fair fair points and there's definitely some merit as well. I did like the fact they tried to be a more serious grounded film. So by you I suppose we can at least count it now as the well, between I'll hear Fran and Steve's thoughts on that, but we if we all agree that it's in the middle ten, then we'll decide the order of it. But just get yeah, into uh-huh. the middle ten. So make make yeah. that make them red then the ones we're going to keep yeah. in the middle ten for sure, right? So Steve Is as it... well, do you agree with that? I agree. Yeah, it's just not memorable. I had to look it up several times as to which one that was. <laughs> that is precise i struggle this is the one that i feel is so forgettable there's something about it that just really doesn't stick with me at all yeah okay for your eyes only is locked in as one of the middle 10 we will decide the order once we've got our 10 uh anyone else who wants to choose a film and um, i think the world is not enough definitely is in this one because yeah um we you know we were debating about putting it in the bottom four for christ's sake yep do you know what I mean? So the fact that we could even consider it being for argument to be in the top 10 is ludicrous. Yeah, I agree. Steve, Gordon? Yeah, I will... I'm trying, I'm deciding between going with the obvious choice and going for the one that's going to cause an argument. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I think you agree that the world is not enough. I mean, as Oh a, yeah, as sorry, a, sorry, yes. Yeah. World is not enough, world is not enough, going down. And yes, Gordon I'm, as well, just want your confirm, confirmation on that as well. Confirmation of what? The world is not enough is a middle 10 film that's not in the it's not getting into the top 10 let's face it oh yeah yeah, yeah. right okay that's fine I agree. so steve yeah uh, i'll let you what you want to look at then sorry yeah uh so i'm deciding between the um right, I'll, I'll, I'll get the obvious one out of the way i i want to nominate specter as right. a bottom 10 i agree with uh, that choice well i also agree yeah definitely in the bottom 10 okay but Danny Boy's second best film. <laughs> you can't have the caveat. We'll just have that in brackets. Just uh... <laughs> that's the that's the the spectrum of these films because it's his. To me, it's his second best, and it's not that I said for all four of his films. I really like 
vague in those films, but there's there's elements of I don't know the mostly the screenwriting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Fran. Um, I, I I feel like we have to talk about Goldfinger. Oh God, going for the tough one yes. now. <laughs> now the reason I'm saying Goldfinger is it's very very similar to um, turning Japanese. Because I feel like there's there's, there's something, uh, and I will bring it up again, and I know it's my own view, but we all agree. I do think that Goldfinger either, to get into the top 10, Goldfinger would need a, a officially sanctioned edit. I just don't feel like... Uh, I, so, can, yeah. I just don't think that it's... I think that we're being very generous to put it in this middle 10. If it wasn't for that, Goldfinger would be like... I know, I know, but one it's or just, two. Like Goldfinger, I think, does so much right, and also set everything for the Bond franchise going forward that I feel like and now I'm not making an excuse, I you know me I have issues with Goldfinger and that is this I just, I just feel like Goldfinger's issue is so huge and so bad it's yeah, the, the, what so you compared it to You Only Live Twice, my only argument on that is You Only Live Twice devotes a, quite a serious amount of screen time to a lot of issues that are now dated and the, I know, but the, the only thing it, I... whereas the Goldfinger, it's unfortunately a later small portion, one scene in the film, and then a couple of they refer to Pussy Galore in that sort of like not great way where it's like underplays what she did for the thing. But the main issue is that one scene in the barn. It is, See, I just, I it's just a horrible, feel... terrible scene, and the edit you're right would so much would fix that film. But it is but that's one the scene. thing, like, I really feel like when I think of Goldfinger, that's all I think of. My overrated memory of the movie is is that that exists. Do you know what I mean? Like I just really, I, I mean, I, I think it was because I'd forgotten about it, I'd not seen it for so long. But I can remember sitting in your living room watching that together and being dumbstruck by that. I know. Do you know what I mean? Like that's it's something that's that um like it's really soured my view of that film. Do you know what I mean? I've I've said it a thousand times. Like it needs to be, like edited or, or 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 i wouldn't often talk about like changing the past or rewriting history or whatever but i think in this case like it can go higher than than the middle 10 for me for that reason and, unless they ever changed it in which case i would actually put it in the top 10 okay uh Steve. i just feel very strongly about it i just uh, you know I, I, no, and, I I, and i think it's a fair point to feel strongly on like this is the main issue i have with the film um there's other issues it has i think like gordon you've pointed out many a few times that the bonds becomes a bit of a a passenger in the final act of the film um but yeah, yeah it's that's another thing it has go, uh, going against it and also it's like it's comedic but nonsensical villain's plot and the fact that he just kills people but sets it up for meet sets them up for meetings and then just kills them anyway the plot didn't make any sense <laughs> it was whatever but we laughed at that so that it's like it uh-huh. almost gets a pass because it's like. Well, but that's the thing. I don't think the nice guy who's big, not nice, but the the, the charming, um, charismatic man should get a pass for being rapey. Do you know what I mean? I think we've got to look at this film and say to ourselves, yeah, it's got a lot of good points to it, but it has a fucking awful, terrible, one of the worst imaginable things ever in it. And I just think that it's like. It doesn't get a pass. Yeah. I think. I mean, I would compromise and say I would take. I, I'd have it if, if goddamn like number eleven. If if you wanted to have it all the way up there, like if... for whatever reason, but I, I would never want to have it in my top ten. Okay. I mean, all right, that's a fair point, Steve. What's your thoughts on this? I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that to distinguish between "You Only Live Twice" and "Goldfinger," "You Only Live Twice" devotes a sizable chunk of the film 
to the slightly awkward Japanese sort of racial element of it. Whereas Goldfinger, it is literally, you could take a 10 second cut from that film and that would eliminate it. And for that reason, this, that's how I kind of distinguish them. Otherwise, Goldfinger, I mean, Goldfinger is bottom of my top 10. I've got two in the top 10 that I consider problematic in some way, but yeah. are still good enough films on balance to make the top 10. And I think with it being almost the genesis for the Bond films to come, what it did for the franchise, and the fact that it's actually a really good, exciting watch, and it's just, it's got so many iconic moments. Yeah. The, the laser, the do you expect me to talk? No, I expect you to die. The uh, villain's lair, the, the elements that have now made the Bond films what they are, and I, th I think that can't be, the importance of that can't be underestimated, although it is absolutely destroyed by what could be removed with a quick 10 second tweet completely agree. i know I, I feel like i've been really hard line on it but actually funnily enough i disagree with myself now because um i said live and let die might be top 10 but i've just recalled my own argument before about what happened in that film too so i mean i, I live and let die i maybe might not put in a top 10 either anymore it's funny um, you mentioned live and let die because live and let die well there's other issues i have as a film i find that middle section boring as hell with the boat chase and um uh, sheriff yeah. Pepper, but as a film and it's problematic elements that those two combined is why it slipped to the like the uh -huh. it's, it's a high ranking one on this middle 10 for me but it did slip out of the top well, 10 I, which i'm I, surprised I, at because as a kid i loved this film but i didn't recognize these things you know uh -huh. and it's well, now I, went down i mean i would say on balance right if i was to look at them both and, and what steve mccall said there you've uh, I don't fully agree with the fact that we can that the the length of something takes away from its impact. Well, right? I, I, I don't agree with that. But what I will say is that uh, really, if we look at Goldfinger and Live and Let Die, right, they're two films that have that on balance, right? Because let's say you take the two hours, hour and a half, whatever, however long Goldfinger is, and you take the ten second bit of it and you put them on balance and you say, okay, uh, top of the middle, bottom of the top, right, whatever, right. Live and Let Die would be in a similar area for me that it would be in the... Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm looking at Goldfinger and Live and Let Die in a very similar way right now because Live and Let Die, uh, you know, has more problems as a movie, I think. Yeah. Um, But I feel that Goldfinger's issue is so strong that it doesn't matter that it's only 10 seconds. But I guess, I mean, I could see Goldfinger, Live and Let Die occupying a similar place in my mind and t uh, in this list. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Uh, it does make sense. And you're certainly... It's, it's dropping lower and lower as as you for me goldfinger uh in my head like i from what i initially had it um in my list um your point is very strong and and i'm willing to, to still look into it gordon obviously what, what's your thoughts on this goldfinger well i was one of the first people today to highlight some flaws it's not a perfect film but <clears throat> i think like what steve mccall said as much of a problem and a silly screenwriting error that scene with Pussy Gore and the barn was. There's um you got to look at the bigger picture with Goldfinger. Um I think as well, you've got to remember the nineteen sixties was when women on TV and in cinema there was you know, the there was the emergence of this sort of like female hero character. Like females actually taking the centre stage in the starring role because you had things like Charlie's Angels coming out and the Avengers, of course, and Honor Blackman and Diana Rigg were they were like, the, as far as I know, they were the main, they were almost like the James Bond type in, in the Avengers. And I think it did that for women in cinema. I think it did no harm. The fact that 
though there's that scene with Pussy Galore, the way her character is a leader, she's got not only does she save, you know, a, you know, millions of lives from nuclear Armageddon, but she's like a leader. She has her own flying circus. Yeah, you can say what you want about the the Pussy Galore's flying circus. They, they look a certain way, a certain type, but that she's like she's leading them and i think that the imagery of that all these women flying planes um and you know just they they take what what i'm saying is like while all this is going on pussy gore and all her girls are take they are they are basically coordinating operation grand slam for goldfinger and what's bond doing i mean bond's sitting in a jail cell doing nothing of value so that i think there's something very profound about pussy gore and those female characters from yeah yeah that stage in the film and i think you know that that gets overlooked i think when we talk about you know some of the the more odd and dated things in in these sort of films yeah i agree it's mostly i think possibly because the film kind of overlooks it It doesn't even realize it's it's like i don't think guy hamilton had any intention there and and that sort of line about what was it the criv credit to how bond you know turn to her you know our feminine side or what was it or something like that um yeah mater- to her mater- maternal instincts yeah so that like they undid that by a comment a flippant comment like that um but you know we know obviously it still was quite impressive and her character was great for that reason this is only the third film in 1964 we're talking about the the mid-60s um yeah there's there's something for me um i'll to touch on what I mentioned earlier, it's not a perfect film that I don't like Bond being in captivity for too long because it does it does get a little a little boring. Uh, and Bond's it's not just that he's not really doing anything of value, he's quite mistake prone in that film. You can say it adds to the drama, but he, there's a, there's at least two women that die because of him. There's Jill Masterson, her sister. Um I think that's it. And but you know, as much as I say that, I mean, Connery is just, he's in top form in this film. Some great humour. I think, see, it's, it's like the perfect, see, the, the likes of Goldfinger and Thunderball, to me, is it's it's Connery uh, his like, perfect best because it's taking the the cold, ruthless, professional killer persona of Doctor Who from Rush With Love, but it's mixing it with a bit more humour a bit of swagger, you know, he, he's gone with the white dinner jacket, peeling off the, the dry suit and, you know, to reveal the dinner jacket. It's just that element of style that was missing from the first couple of films is just, you know, there's a real swagger to Goldfang. I think I mentioned it before. It's the fact that Bond, he's not only got a car that has all these weapons, but, you know, it's a, it's a car with a bit of style, you yeah. know. I mean, that was a silver, you know, a, a silver metallic Aston Martin DB5 in, in the mid-1960s. That was just... Just the that was such a iconic vehicle, and the fact that what I'm saying is like if you, there's a this is we know it's exact this is the spy world exaggerated, but it's just it's the ultimate kind of hero character. That's what drew me to Bond as as a little kid. It's the fact that yeah he's doing really dangerous things, but he's doing it with a bit of a cheeky grin, and he's doing it in style. He's roaring around the 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 Alps in this fucking silver Aston Martin he's poking the bee's nest with the villain you know he goes golfing with Goldfinger he tries to get a rise out of Goldfinger he tries to get a rise out of Oddjob he steals Goldfinger's girlfriend it's yeah the Goldfinger is some real style and great 
important cast. Honor Blackman's great. Harold Sakata is odd job, and it's, you know, you t- you take the great sort of henchman like Red Grant, but you have another one that has just even more like, iconic in that. You know, he's got that. He's got the boar high. He's he's so strong and. He's even got that little musical cue, like I said, as well. You know, John, um, I mean, the last, like, kind of big thing I wanted to say was just John Barry's score. Maybe, maybe Barry's best and one of the best Bond scores is... Because I love, I love the way particularly... Emer- I'll not go into too much detail because we did the previous podcast, but merging the Bond theme with the Goldfinger theme, mm-hmm. it's just it's so beautifully done. The, yeah. the, the guitar work, the, the trumpet playing, it's... And then, of course, Shirley Bassey's incredible theme song, which I know isn't everyone's cup of tea, but there's there's so much to love about Goldfinger. Yep, there's some lazy writing, um, few things towards the, the last well. third. Well, that, that's the, the thing. I mean, uh, all that uh, stuff, though, mainly. I think the first two thirds of the film are better than the last third. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I know I'm all about this holistic look at a film thing, right? But it's like. There's something, there's something of the metaphor about this conversation here we're having, right? Where the reason that these things were permissible in society for such a long time is because people only ever looked at, people were so forgiven, and they would look and they'd say, oh, but still, you know, he's so this, he's so that, you know what I mean? It, there's, there's an irony to this conversation where, where we've got something so bad in a movie, but we're trying to trying to look at the good. And I do, I, and I could, we could say that about any movie that has bad bits in it, but to me this is different, do you know what I mean? I mean, like in the sixties, like you know, you'd have politicians and 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 men in positions of power who people would you know they'd be doing terrible things, and people would say, "Oh yeah, but he's so charming," you know. And, and I feel like we're almost doing that with Goldfinger. It's like to me, Goldfinger gets wiped off the map. But the thing is, it's clearly not going to make high on the top ten. But I feel like it still just makes the top ten. It's ranked quite low, and it's dropping with obviously, as I said, your argument is it's it's slipped a, a place or two to probably number ten. And well, I think, the only the only two films I'm, I've got this sticking point with was the two. I've, obviously, you've got um, uh, remind me. It's. I feel uh, like I feel like so. Yeah, I'll let you. Um, but essentially, what I'm going to say is. The things that, essentially all that Gordon said there, and I, I agree uh, with that, essentially it pushes it into the top 10 because it did so many great things and so many great things for the franchise that it would have been in the top two or three, if not one, if it had not had the really uh, insensitive, offensive, stupid scene with Pussy Galore um, that has tainted it. And as 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 kind of coloured it in a certain guess, way, and I, I feel like debate, that's 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 the punishment it gets for that. But well, I guess that's the debate, isn't it? It's how much it's tainted for each of us. I guess for it's, me, it's yeah. exceptionally tainted. Do you know what I mean? But I guess, like, I mean, I've I'm quite satisfied now because anybody hearing this knows my position on it. Right. Okay. Basically, it's so like how you can judge anything in life. I mean, it's like the pluses outweigh the minuses. It's like uh-huh. not. <laughs> that's just an example. It could be like a a girlfriend or a friend. It's like. 
um, if there's too many flaws in their characters, you don't really involve them in your life. But if they're just so great to be around, and they're, you, do you know what I mean? It's like if there's enough yeah. good. That's how I judge anything in life. Yeah. Like yeah, if exactly. I think a car, if I go looking to buy a car, I could say, oh, it's got a lot of style. I love the color of it, but you know the acceleration's not so great. So it's like, is that it does, enough? Doesn't have a steering wheel, but everything else to... is great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I, well, that that's it. Like I, the... you've not been in my. my... <laughs> Jeez, I mean, I, how did you know that I mean, well I mean see for me I'll put it this way to use the car analogy right if Goldfinger was a car right I bought it drove for two hours in it had a great time and then the brakes suddenly failed and I went flying off a cliff and that last 10 seconds of my life was horrifying <laughs> <laughs> right, right so it might have been 10 seconds but so it was that, horrible that, that sounds I like a, a top 10 experience a... though <laughs> I hope if it wasn't a um, last Martin DB5 was a, a Rolls Royce Silver Ghost. It doesn't matter anyway, what it was, it killed me. Um, I digress, yeah, again, but, 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 Fran, that Fran, the first two hours before that crash were phenomenal, though, so that's all that uh-huh. matters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's about the highs in life, isn't it? Right. But that, that's the thing, like, I mean, I, I, where, where they end up doesn't matter to me so much as long as I've made my position clear on the films, I yeah, suppose. Exactly. But, I mean, that's but, I mean, uh, you can obviously all tell. I feel very strongly about it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, it's. Do you want but... us to just leave it and not turn it green yet, or should we just turn it green just now? And... Why don't you turn it orange? Oh God! <laughs> oh, we can't have a traffic light system. That's yeah. gonna. I think if if we're not a collective, we can leave it for. We'll I mean, I, just... I mean, I, mm-hmm. I'm happy for it. I, I think it should be top ten. But if I there's still argument, be. I think it's fair to leave it for now. Well, if there's three yeah. who agree it should be top ten, then really, it's that's the way it should be. Do you know what I mean? Well, no, to come back to it, if there's uh, another one that, like, that's that was a tough one to get in, so we'll turn it green just now, um, but, you know, it, it's, it could come back out if there's something else that once we get to the, the finer points of this. Right, let's move on. Thunderball, then. Uh, did we say we were just going... No, in fact, we were just doing it by... Um, Somebody naming it. So you mentioned Goldfinger. Who started this? It was... Uh, was it me? Was it me did For, for Your Eyes Only? Uh... Steve, then did you pick one? Um, I I kind of threw Spectre in there. That's the last oh, thing. Right, I yeah, was, we, again. I mean, uh, oh, um, I Spectre. I, I totally agreed with that. I yeah, Spectre, yeah. Spectre's locked in for this middle debate. Yeah. So we're, yeah. yeah, so uh, um, yeah, we we're trying to get ones locked into this debate, and obviously, right? Okay, so yeah, yeah. So my next, the the one I was gonna start a potential argument about was actually Thunderball, right? Because it's not in my top. 10. Uh, well, but this, I think I might is... be outnumbered on this one. No, I agree no, with no, you, Steve. Don't think you it's not, it's no, it's no, not. I, I, yeah, you're not outnumbered. It's me that's outnumbered, mate. You know, because this is, I, because like, this is like kind of how Fran was with Goldfinger. I think I'm more in support of Thunderball. Cause I, I rank it pretty high, but it's not, <laughs> not the whole committee with the sounds of things. It's got also a very offensive scene uh, similar to Goldfinger, and now that isn't just being held against it because and then Goldfinger isn't. I hold it in the same I feel that both of them are rapey effect kind of scenes that I'm really uncomfortable with. But the f- Thunder but the difference with for me Goldfinger and Thunderball, I also find Thunderball quite lethargic at times. So it's not only got a, a really kind of scene that I just don't think you know has has aged well, let's face it. But it's also got a less interesting villain, a bit more sedate kind of plot um and a little 
lacking in control in the edit with the underwater sequences as good as some of them are and the music is fantastic there is something that makes this film a bit slower i it's still high on this part of the list though for me it's number i think 11 for me so it is just missed the top 10 but it has missed the top 10 for me Uh, yeah i i I find it to be not very memorable and i find it hard to kind of really recall it you watched I mean, it's it not... on your own. That was the one that you well, we we spoke about on a separate podcast. And you did yeah. seem like you didn't have much to say on it. You as if you'd probably fallen asleep during it. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I let myself fall asleep during movies because that's a big sign for me. Like if I fall asleep during a film, do you know what I mean? Like, it very rarely happens to me. Um, but I mean, I, my my recollection of that time was that was like mid lockdown, wasn't it? None of us were able to go anywhere. Day was night. Night was day. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember watching it and just being. I actually felt my my memory of how I felt about the film was that I was quite irritated by it. I felt like it didn't make much sense to me. You know, I wasn't a fan of it. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay, Gordon. I, you, yep. Sorry, yeah. Steve. No, I was just going to say I completely agree. I found it. It's just not memorable. It's one of the ones we wouldn't have watched relatively recently, and still I struggle to recall it. Apart from the massive underwater scene, I just think it was. I remember it being kind of style over substance. It looked great, particularly the underwater stuff, and it was great for what it did, considering what year that was, the technology and whatnot. But it's not memorable enough to be top ten, I don't think. Right, Gordon, you're obviously outnumbered. Do you okay to accept that it's going to be in the uh, the lower ten? Yeah, can I can I give you my opinion of Thunderball? Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued to hear the defence. I'm a complete opposite end of the scale with Thunderbolt. I think it's a very complete movie. I, I kind of hold it in the same regard as the likes of Goldeneye and um, and Casino Royale. And I don't think you can level many flaws at it. I think you, you could question, yeah, the underwater fight goes on too long. You could say there's one or two just very minor editing flaws. The scene with, uh, was um trying to think of her name, the nurse, um, Pat, fearing... Um, but again, it's just because it's over so quickly. There's enough good stuff in the film. I think as well, like, I wrote something down here. I'm just checking what it was. Yeah, the there's some sped up film in it, like when the, the fight with Largo at the end. But apart from that, I mean, there's so much. It's just so complete. I think, again, like Goldfinger, Bond, Connery's just at the top of his game. He's, it even puts right a lot of the things I didn't like in Goldfinger finger because Bond's kind of in control a bit more. You get a sense of danger with Fiona Volpe as a femme fatale. As soon as she appears on screen, there, to me there's a sense of danger. Um, she lives in the edge, she speeds in the car, all that stuff. The music's fantastic. Again, top John Barry score. I think um, Felix Light, you've got this great kind of entourage of MI6 operatives with Bond and NASA. You've got, you've got Felix, you've got this Paula woman, Pinder, Q's out there. The chemistry between Bond and Q, Bond and M, Bond and Moneypenny, some of the best, I think. I think the, there's, there's great humour. So it's, again, it's like a profession. You, you still get the vibe from Connie that he's a, he's a dark professional killer, but he does it with a glint in his eye. There's the line. He does things like he, he throws, he kills someone and then throws the the roses on, on, on top of the dead body. He, he steals a grape. When he, and he acts like a spy as well. You know, he's, he's like sneak, he's in the health farm, like sneaking through Count Lippy's room. And he's, you know, he acts like a spy. And it, there's just, there's, for me, I just find it a very complete film. And I actually think the opposite. I think it's a Sorry, I can tell by the stunt side. Nah, you, you cut out a little bit. You just cut out a lot there. I don't know what happened there. You just... A lot. 
<laughs> it was just like you, uh, something about you can tell something and then it cut out for a bit. Um, no, I, 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 the thing is, Gordon, I'm rating it high on the middle part of the list. It's my probably top here. So I'm going to be using what you've just said and essentially twisting it to get it high on this part of the list. But I, obviously... You're, are you agreeing then that it's going to be on the middle part of the list and it's not making top 10 as much as you obviously feel it does? As a collective, for me, this is amongst probably the top three Bond films. Right. So you don't want to lock it out then? Uh, or you don't want I it... Thought, I, I thought we were going with like a sort of outnumbering system here, like if three and, unfortunately, want out. Uh, 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 I mean, most likely, yes. Probably, I think we have to be realistic. That's probably not gonna like. It's not. You're not like. I don't think you'll be able to convince me for just speaking sake on the, getting into the top ten. It's uh, just short of it. But the points you've made yeah. are great, and it's like I'm talking like one rank down, essentially one number down. But that is obviously important in this part of the podcast. Yeah. Well, I'll make one final point about Thunderbolt. You know, I. And happily kind of cut out. For me, it's a top three Bond film. Okay. One final point is plot-wise, I think it's great. I feel that it was original. You could, I'm sure one of you said it was formulaic before, but it's a completely different style of plot to Goldfinger. It's a kind of ransom demand thing, which Doctor Known from Rush with Love were a lot were great, but a lot more low key. There's an element of a race against time, which I love. So I think it was quite original, and again, it's gradually. Um, revealing the the how Spectre operate behind the scenes. I think Largo's not one of the best, but he's a sort of pretty good Bond villain. And again, Bond, um, I love the scene with Bond at the casino trying to noise him up, talking about the I see a Spectre in your whatever. Mm. And yeah. you know, Domino, Domino's great as well. Obviously, we've talked about Claudine Auger's performance. So there's there's not a lot of weaknesses in Thunderball. Uh, yeah, I can agree. And um, you, when you mentioned about the, whoever said it, it's been formulaic, I think this set the formula in a way, uh, different from a plot point of view, to what parodies like Austin Powers and everything. That it's the Thunderball plot that's been copied. Not even mentioning the fact that Kevin McClory copied it himself, obviously, for his own film. Like it's actually the ransom taking over the world you know that, that that's the plot that's been then used so many times by other franchises not and the bond franchise alone um so it, it set kind of a template itself and it's different in a way from goldfinger certainly it takes a style you know, actually it does yeah I, I think it's a significantly better film than goldfinger actually but i wanted to mention because one one of you said it it was quite amusing the scene when obviously Largo introduces Bond to Vargas, his henchman. He says, Oh, Largo, uh, Vargas does not smoke, does not drink, does not make love. And, but he obviously likes to gamble because Vargas was at the, the table in the casino playing, and then I think Bond takes his place. So Vargas obviously does have some kind of passion. Yeah. So, so yeah. I, I, I'm right. I guess we're not be able to lock in Thunderball here in this sort of mid podcast part then uh you, you don't obviously agree in this this part of the list you know so this is so high up on your top ones that you're well on mine but i, I like i said i thought that um like it's i mean i've uh, voted you know i mean so we could I leave mean, it just now it's i've likely, said my, yeah, well, we'll i don't mind it, but, i've like, stated okay. my case of okay. why you know for me personally it's one of the very best bond films but then again i can you know 
I can totally understand. We've all got our own personal opinions. Yep. Okay. And I can totally accept um, your rationale. Okay. Thunderball not, not been one of the best. Okay. Guys, um, just thought I'd let you know, um, it's big news. We I've have just, um, whole of Scotland moved to level four from 26th December. Schools will be closed until 11th of January. Online only until the 18th. Only key workers, kids and vulnerable kids going in. Uh, that's my uh, Christmas book fucked up. Um, oh. New fast spreading variant of COVID going around. And that's where I'm going to cut this episode. This was a full three hour podcast and I've decided to split it. Instead of having it full three hours in one file, we'll do the 40 minutes here and then probably for two hours in the next one. And it's also a reminder that this was filmed or filmed? Recorded back in December 2020 when that lockdown announcement came out. So yeah, can't hide it. It's been <laughs> waiting to be edited for over a year. So apologies to the guys and also our listener. Uh, hopefully plural. And yep, yeah, so you can look forward to the next part. I'll probably get that uploaded at some point today as well. So they will go up together. Um, but yeah, so that's the end of this part. Look forward to the next soon more Bond ranking to come. Thanks, bye-bye.